this episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by something. If you need anything, well, we've got something. Head on over to www.insertwebdomainnamehere.com today for some kind of discount on something. And now, on with the show. And so I said to her, that's not a magazine. That's... That's an elf. No, that's bad. (laughs) We are not off to a good start, everybody. Okay. My notes for The Great Gatsby are not common. Jason, people don't know. Actually, they do. Yeah, it's in the title of each episode. (laughs) So I'm going to have to kind of wing it. Okay. Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, It's Grant and Jason. You're aboard the Good Ship Brothership. (laughs) I I farted already, and we're 36 seconds into the episode. I'm taking off my cardigan already because it's getting hot. We are literally sitting... In a in a room in the basement in wife beaters and Jason just had some sort of epileptic fit. I just realized we were both wearing wife beaters. Yeah, and, I just thought and we both gonna... we both worked out today. We we're the veins are popping. We look fabulous and shining. Um, oh, I need to turn these levels down. We're all oiled up for our podcast. Too much. Yeah. This. <laughs> oh boy. That's good. This, yeah, I need to find like an established. Um, Level. Volume for these, yeah. Uh, also, everybody, uh, hopefully it won't happen, but we've been having some audio issues, uh, dropouts while recording. Hopefully that, that hopefully that doesn't happen, but if it does, we're sorry, and we'll do our best to make things okay. Now, Jason. What do we play? Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, okay. let's do that now. We have really nothing to speak about before we play theme music first, then your problems. Everybody, welcome to the Good Ship Brothership. Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me, I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with a finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Bum, bum, bum. Well, the years stop coming and, and they don't stop coming. I fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Yeah. Didn't make sense no. not to live for fun. Your brain gets stuck, but your heart gets dumb. So much to do, so much to say. So what's wrong, wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You never shine if you don't glow. Hey, welcome to the podcast, All Stars. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Our machine, our equipment had a bit of a malfunction. Those levels really spiked also. I know they did. Let's take a look at them real quick. I mean, it's kind of too late to restart. Now, I feel this is a little bit odd because we don't actually have tea, but we just had coffee, so. We have, like dregs of coffee as long as i have some warm liquid inside me i feel Mm -hmm. like we could record a good podcast okay so uh what we're gonna do first rolling into these podcast notes we're gonna briefly touch on the topics that we touched on in the last episode which for us were the movie embrace of the serpent and the album skeleton tree uh we have not watched embrace the serpent since the last episode so we have nothing to say However, for me, uh, for Skeleton Tree, 
for those of you who don't know, I've been writing a novel. And as I write my novel, I like to listen to music, primarily now, um, Donnie McCaskillan's jazz band's uh, album Fast Future, I think it's called. Really great. Good instrumental stuff. Good jams. So I tried to throw on a skeleton tree to have a little background noise going, but these songs demand so much of you that I could not focus on writing while uh, it was playing. So that that's kind of the power of these songs, even after I'm familiar with them. They still demand a lot of you. And even tonight, actually, while we were preparing our delicious pasta supper, um, I was thinking, oh, you know, it would be good to have some tunes playing while we're working up here. I could really go to, to listen to Rings of Saturn, because when can you not listen to Rings of Saturn? Uh, and then I was like, oh, wait, all the other songs on that album are, like, horrendously depressing. So I elected not to bring it upstairs. Thank you. Um, what about you? I haven't really listened to it at all. I have nothing Jason. to add. I think that if I said anything, it would just be kind of disingenuous because, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Whereas I'm genuous. You're ingenuous. Yes. It's like genius and ingenious. No. Okay, today we are reviewing the fi- we're reviewing two classics. We had both of these things. Uh, I just purchased this Blu-ray, and Jason got me this book for Christmas. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. And uh, we decided that rather than uh, putting them on two different episodes and making those episodes seem a little off-kilter, that we were just going to review two massive classics. And we need to stop saying review, I think. I think we should say discuss, which I know is pedantics, but we really don't review them. Eight out of ten. Can you stop swishing that finger puppet on the table, please? We're back to flipping the finger puppet. We will be seeing <laughs> flip that finger puppet <laughs> like you've never flipped before. Hey, everybody. This is the um, Good Ship Brothership, and we are back to flipping the finger puppet. Good. But anyway, so we're reviewing two massive classics, Casablanca, the film, obviously, and The Great Gatsby, the book. And yeah, we know lots of people have talked about them before. You've probably, most of you have probably read The Great Gatsby in school and seeing Casablanca in school, maybe. I don't know what they show people in schools. Probably probably Yu-Gi-Oh. If, if you want to get the most bang for your buck education-wise, mm-hmm. I would show people Yu-Gi-Oh. And what's more, if you're at public school, what's more secular than Yu-Gi-Oh? I can't think of True, anything. True, yeah. You, if, if you want to go heathen, go full heathen and watch Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. yeah. And while you play Magic the Gathering. Play, no, yeah, no. Magic the Gathering is just a rip-off of Yu-Gi-Oh. Chaotic still the best. Actually, I've been meaning to pull out my Yu-Gi-Oh cards and take a look at them. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of sad, though, that I came into Yu-Gi-Oh later in life. Well, we never really got into Yu-Gi-Oh. We I were know. chaotic. Maybe that's something we sure. can save for retirement. Bakugan and Beatemon, though. Beatemon. Cha- chaotic was the big yeah, the big one. But beat him on for a while. We made trophies. We took, like, a cute little orange hockey puck, and then oh, we, we put the little... Oh, we did, yeah. Those little, like, well, beta that was, pins. Because that was when we were playing with Ryan Bean all yeah. the time. And we were massive into that stuff together. I'm really glad we still... I keep meaning to bring the my first one in oh, here. Because, yeah. I mean, in my studio here, folks, because I know this is fascinating to all of you, I keep meaning to get a little shelf of uh, my oddities, um, my little, you know, things, things of my past. And my shelf containing my DVDs and Blu-rays and CDs is filling up very rapidly. Mm. Like, scary fast. 
So I need I need some more space options in okay, here. Okay, we need to get to topics. Let's get to the topics. So before we flip the puppet, though, I did just want to say... <laughs> <laughs> There's you, something inherently uh, strange about that. you got to work your way up to flipping the puppet. You don't want to yeah, go you, in too you hot. You can't just dive right into the puppet. Um, but I thought it was good that we would review these two together. Because The Great Gatsby is this depiction of life in the roaring 20s with, you know, excess and fast living... And then Casa- fast living, fast living. apostrophe, and then Casablanca is this more toned down, like I guess late thirties, early forties, early forties. Uh, yeah, because Ca- Casablanca would take place right before 40s. the Great. No, Gatsby. like twenty years after. This is sometime after nineteen twenty-two. This is Casablanca is around nineteen forty-three because it's during World War Two. Is it World War Two? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So we, we will flip the puppet. I'm gonna say that if his eyes are up, we will review Casablanca first. Okay. Actually, okay, his eyes are up. I was going to say, if if it's chronological, oh. maybe we should go Great Gatsby. Let's go to Great Gatsby first, then. And then <laughs> Heck you, Oliver. Yeah, this is the second time we flipped the puppet, and we are just blatantly disregarding the outcome. Sometimes you got to... Imp- the puppet has spoken. We told him to take his wisdom and shove, shove it up his heck. Up his, whoa, that's going to have to be redacted. <laughs> what? We can't say that here. There's Christians who listen heck. to the show. Yeah. We're Christians. Look at this. I'm wearing a cross about my neck right now. But I you also have a Chinese coin. Yeah. Because Strange I... Strange medicine. I love all people. Even the Chinese... Anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that might not be a... <laughs> You're the Chinese! <laughs> if anything, I'd uh, get redacted. No, what have I done? <laughs> I, no, I love all people. I don't think any Asians <laughs> listen to this show yet. If there are Asians... <laughs> We love you. Yeah, we accept you and love you, and we hope that you really like The Great Gatsby. Redacted! What was I even going to say? You completely derailed me. (laughs) You completely... With your Uh, casual racism. (laughs) This is not what this show's about. Okay, why don't you start us off? What the heck was I going to say? So, The Great Gatsby is a book written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It was... Written in, uh... Oh, oh, I just remember. Oh, jeez. Okay. okay, so while we do these discussions, everybody... Well, we need to do this before we get into the discussions. While we do these discussions, we're going to try our level best not to enter spoil... Sp- spoilers. Spoiler territory. Uh, if we do, we're going to put a little notice in front of it. Like something. Like yeah. this. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so if you hear that sound, yep, then you'll know. Okay. So, and then we'll... Yeah. Yes. So, um, The Great Gatsby was F. Scott Fitzgerald's second novel, and he released it in 1925. Um, so I guess it was a present-day book at the time, which is weird to think of. That's kind of strange. Um, and it tells a story through the eyes of Nick, who is this, I don't know, like late 20s, maybe 30. He's lost in Caraway. Nick Caraway. I think they're around 30 years old. He's around 30 years old, and he's just moved from the Midwest into New York to try and make it big as a bondsman. And so he's living this, like, normal middle-class life, but he's just surrounded by all these rich people. Um, he has his neighbor, the namesake of the book, um, Jay Gatsby, who lives beside him in this huge mansion. And then, you know, across the bay from them, they spoilers. have... Spoilers! No, that's not spoilers. That's not spoilers. Just, I know, I'm just joking. And then across the bay from <laughs> them are, like, his, his cousin and his old friend, who is his cousin's wife, uh, Tom and Daisy. And so it's just a story about how all of them interact together i guess and the pressures that come upon people when you're living in 
these it's, like I th- rich surroundings. I think more than almost anything, it's a analysis and uh, well, analysis makes it sound really douchey, but it's a it's a discussion about wealth. Mm-hmm. I think, and how one comes upon it, how it changes you, and how you think it changes you, perhaps. Which is interesting, because the, there isn't a whole lot of wealth being accrued or lost. In the, right. I think it's how, how maybe how life is viewed through the lens of wealth. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because, I mean, the analysis, or the synopsis, whatever we just listened to, said that there's two types of wealth, old money and new money. And the old money is... Um, Tom and Daisy Buchanan, who live across, what? Uh, yeah, they have the old money, and then what are you? What are you shaking your head? We shouldn't say too much about that because that could True. be spoilers. Some of the characters have old money, Tom and Daisy Buchanan, and then some of the other characters have new money, and it's about how, which is really true, how um, those people are different depending on whether how, it's been given to you or you acquired it. Yeah, or... how you've acquired your wealth. Um. I, I'll say I really enjoyed the book, reading it. Um, it's it's difficult. This book has so much attached to it, even more than I think Casablanca had attached mm-hmm. to it for me, even though you hear a lot of people saying, oh, Casablanca is such a great movie. I think The Great Gatsby has a lot more added to it when not only is it a great book, there have been two amazing movies made about it. Yeah. And the movies have won awards and they're based on this book and you go in thinking, you know, this is going to be... Something that maybe it's not. And like a lot of stuff, and this will come up in the discussion on Casablanca 2, much more low-key, I think, than it would be uh, had it been written now, yeah. looking back. And I love that restraint, that sense of restraint that older um, books, movies, I guess you could, maybe not music, but books and movies tend to have, the classics, have this great sense of restraint. Yeah, They never overextend, they never uh, step out of their bounds. Um the the setting is really great i liked it a lot i really liked in between the two uh, the west egg and east egg as they were called which really kind of bothered me just the egg i don't know it just made me think of like a clammy egg salad okay but that's my own that those are my own demons that it's I not to, west egg salad <laughs> it's just the west egg it that, that would be it's a great not a literal egg. egg um egg salad but anyway the setting's really great, and they're kind of divided by this weird, like, desert of ash kind of thing, right? Yeah, and a little bit of desolation. It's kind of. never really, I don't think it's really explained no. why it's there, but that's a very interesting, it's like the gulf between the old money and the new money. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that that was quite interesting, and then there are some interesting characters who actually live in that uh, yeah. area. Um. And another thing I found interesting, and then you can dive in, was uh, the age of the characters as well. Yeah. I really like the age of thirty-ish, like right around there. You've you've, it's nothing like a coming-of-age tale. Yeah, like in in the slightest. These people are well-established people. They become who who they are. Yeah, the, the Katy Perry lyric in there somewhere. But they become you know themselves oh, yeah. some time ago, and it's how they interact after that so their personalities or their characters are never into quest in question or in flux yeah and it's really a story for almost all the characters i think they're young enough that their youth i guess is relatively recent but they're out of it and there are several of the characters who are really trying to like recapture and like 
stay in that kind of golden age. Yeah. Um, And it's an interesting story about, you know, all the money in the world can't keep you young forever. Yep, that's also a good... Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but that was a... I think that's a huge part. Like, characters are using their wealth to try and keep things the way they were before they even had money. Yeah. Um, And they don't accept that it's just different. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I think the book, despite not being, like, action-packed, I think it has an awesome sense of rhythm, pace, momentum. It's not a mystery per se, but there always is a mystery to be solved. Um, You know, Gatsby himself is a very... Yep enigmatic character and just when you uncover one thing about him or about somebody else another question you might have pops up and made me want to keep reading i think one of the real triumphs of the book is how it so the a lot of the movie movie oh uh, a lot of the book i haven't we haven't seen either movie by the way right just say that we haven't seen either the great gatsby movie so we can't speak to those but i think one of the triumphs of this book is all throughout the book, there's all these parties, right? All these big parties mm-hmm. of rich and popular, fashionable people who don't really know each other. They don't want to know each other. They they don't even really know why they're there, mm-hmm. you know, frankly. Um, they're just there kind of as something to do. It's at the these thing parties. to do. Yeah. Um, and many of them, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, take place at Gatsby's. Yeah. That's not. And th- it's this heady, disorienting kind of environment, right? Where... Yeah. You just kind of lose yourself for hours and hours. And it really... And they, they, they feast on gossip and rumors um, of each other. And it really f- funnels you into yeah. that kind of mindset by feeding you scraps, as it were, of gossip, yeah. of rumor about the characters. And you find yourself, kind of to your shock and dismay, wondering the exact yeah. same things about them that these other people who you thought think lowly of uh, are. And I think the parties, too, are an interesting commentary on the whole rest of the book. Yep. Because it's these people who have a ton of wealth for whatever reason, and they're not really sure what they're doing with their lives or what they're doing at the party, and they just kind of float around. Well, the um, thing is, with people who have that much money, too, is they don't need to do anything with their lives. Yeah. I think that's part of the point, too, is, that, like, this is... None these of are them the have lives. jobs. Yeah, these are the lives of these people. They uh-huh. just... They literally just party, and they just hang out. And I think Nick, the protect, or not even the protagonist, the, the narrator. narrator. Oh, high five! <laughs> um, I think he does a really excellent job of being like your frame of reference because he's not a poor guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he's like a young professional, middle class. He's trying to get started. Yeah, he has. They describe his house as being like clean and attractive, but it's like this smaller, like normal house. And then there, are, he's just surrounded by mansions, and I think he's a great touchstone for what the the rest of the world is like kind of now one thing that did kind of um bother me a little bit is they never say because they only say gatsby is his next door neighbor again not a spoiler i don't think no um especially for how popular it's at the beginning of the book anyway um they never really give you a full picture are there other houses around them because i literally for the entire book just pictured a wide open field and then there's a little farmhouse next to this massive castle kind of thing and they never he never expounds on that at all yeah it just would have been nice to know are there any other people around or are they completely out and isolated because that could have had interesting implications as well Uh, and i think excuse me i think it's a book too 8 30 jason don't fade on me now that you could 
love or hate because he describes a decent amount, but he also leaves quite a bit up to the imagination. Yeah. And if you like that sort of um, perceived narrative, then that's awesome, which I do. But I couldn't hold it against someone if, like, that bugged me. I have to say, one of the things, and this is not exclusive to this book, one of the things that did bother me, um, and so many writers do this. And as somebody who's writing my own book right now, I just have to think, why are you doing this? So, in uh, he makes, throughout the book... And you you might completely disagree on me with this because this is quite subjective, but he describes such strange things about people, things that the average person or a person would never notice. So one of the things is how Gatsby sits, and then he says, "Oh, it, you know, it means he's a man of action who's played, you know, American sports," and just goes into all this detail just from the way he sits. And he did that, you know, all throughout the book, kind of. More or less with each character. And you right? want to show, don't tell. Is that where you're going? Yeah, but it's also like, who notices that? Who looks at somebody and says, oh, from the way that man's sitting, he must have played American football. Like, it's just... Yeah. And and maybe that's more of a relic of the time. It's certainly poetic. Is it evocative? It's fairly evocative, I, yeah. I suppose. Can I picture the way Gatsby sits now? Not really. Like, you could just say he had a tremendous amount of nervous energy and he was always, you know, tapping yeah. his feet or something like that. So that was one thing that I found a little irritating, and it popped up not a ton of times, maybe four times throughout the book that he would go on a sort of thing. Yeah. Did you notice that at all? I didn't notice it. I understand where you're coming from, though. It's a strange mixture of it's a strange mixture of just telling you like what he looks like and giving you little details. It's not really it's kind of the worst of both worlds. It's not specific enough, but it's also not like. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Not broad enough or yeah, impressionistic? It's, yeah, it's not like impressionistic enough. Yeah. Too much detail, but not enough detail. I guess as a writer, the things that I try and observe are the things that my character would notice. And I mean, maybe uh, Nick notices how people sit and Sherlock Holmes is out their entire sports careers as a result of that. But I, I don't know. I just like it to be a little more earthy when I'm when I'm writing or reading for that matter. Yeah, but I don't but really that's a small that... squabble. I don't really think there's anything earthy about the book, though. Really. It's not like a no, gritty, no, no, like, yeah. I think you're totally, True. you're seeing it through the eyes of it's Nick, a but you also have a bird's eye view. You know more yeah. than he would know, and you see more than he sees. Yeah. So he's only partially the narrator. Um, Jason, should we pause, or should you entertain the people? Because I need a bathroom break now. Well, here's the crazy thing about technology. Go, and then if I don't do something cool, we'll just cut it out. That's true. Okay, goodbye, everybody. I'm taking my <laughs> phone because it might be a while. <laughs> oh. Um, so, jeez. The computer keeps going to sleep, and I got to keep keeping it awake so that the recording doesn't stop. Although, who cares? It's just me. You don't care about me. You don't care about anything. So I guess closing thoughts on The Great Gatsby because I would think we're going to wrap this up right after Grant gets back. Um, I really think it does do a good job of showing you small details that convey the bigger picture. And that could be grating, like what Grant said. It bothered him how they described just the way a man sits. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. Like, for example, they'll describe, you know... Um, when I was a child 
There was a small plastic tractor around the size of a child's tricycle. In fact, it was a tricycle by design. And I would ride around indoors because that was, I guess, seemed like the right thing to do at the time. But I would not use the pedals. I would simply propel the three-wheeled vehicle by putting my chubby little feet on the floor and just, like, pushing away with all my might. So I was kind of running, but I was also just seated on a tricycle. And I would gain really just tremendous speeds as I would travel through the small raised bungalow that we lived in at the time. And we had an island in the house. And as I approached the island, I would treat it like a very tight corner. And I would drift the vehicle around, power slide, you might say, right around the island as though I were a young Nigel Mansell with bald tires. And then I would just power off, assumedly from whence I came. I think that life is very much like the young Jason Andrews astride a tricycle. We travel at tremendous speeds. And yet... Interruption. Interruption. I just figured we'll cut most of it out, but I was back, everybody. I I was just kind of... I have half watched half of... The new Wolverine. Oh, there goes that. I was just half kind of the of... new Wolverine film. Wait, did I see the trailer? Because I haven't watched half you said of the, the movie. Film, yeah. Oh, I was well, like, I watched wow, you were gone for a while. Um, the thing with um, when you have to visit the restroom after having coffee is the result is transcendental. It's way more like coffee than I feel like it should be. Way more like coffee. Yeah. Why are you holding the pop filter? It's I was got just a, repositioning stop it. it. It's got a little arm to keep it where it is. It's good. Okay. Where were we? We were great just, Gatsby. I think, about to close on the Great Gatsby. I think so, yeah. Uh, so, one thing, quickly. Yes. The, my last uh, little note. I'm crossing out all my other notes so I don't look down at them and then go, I'm so disoriented. Um, I'd like to say um, the change that comes over the title character i think we can say that that's fine. yeah um at a certain point just the not necessarily the demystification but kind of i'd say the demystification yeah. of him and the different light that you then view him in is like very impressive yeah. that to me was one of the biggest uh, yeah. triumphs of the book just because it was such a he was still the very much the same character, but you really view him in a different light yeah. or from a different angle. And it's amazing that he managed to keep it the same character, uh-huh. but just change your view of him. Right. Very impressive. Your closing That's thoughts. True. Great book. Read it. I think it is really an all-time classic. It has the great writing and kind of the verbosity that books had back then, you know, in the 20s. But it's still quite easy to read. Just yep. from, like, I've read some books, like say Crime and Punishment. Couldn't get through Crime and Punishment. It was just a little much um, in terms of verbosity and stuff. This is still a very easy book to read. I think almost anyone would enjoy it unless you read like expressly pulp fiction novels. It's kind of like it's not. It's not. Um, 
I think what you're trying to say is it's never highbrow in its presentation. No, it's which just is easy a, to read. Again, I think, it, well, actually, that's a false thing to say, but I was going to say this is kind of before the before pretension really existed in art, mm, but that's really. false. I think it's just the uh, we've separated the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. Um, and the both of the items we're reviewing today are there is no highbrow element to them whatsoever sure. and they're very they are very accessible yeah and you totally derailed my thought train i'm really sorry uh give me a second it's really good <laughs> okay casablanca <laughs> so the, as uh, i've really been sinking my teeth into the world of film a little bit more i figured heck Casablanca, I'd say Casablanca and Citizen Kane are like the two big daddies of classic cinema. Two of them for sure. I mean, let's not forget hit movies like Castaways or Chef. Name a chef. Name a chef. So anyway, I have not yet seen Citizen Kane, but it's on my wish list on Netflix. Maybe I'll get it for my birthday, maybe I won't. Your wish list on Netflix. Oh, it's on Amazon actually. Netflix is a different thing. You can't make a wish list on on Netflix. See, here's the thing: when you're podcasting, you're speaking, but you're also thinking about the next thing you're gonna mm -hmm. say and where you, it's going and how they connect and the beautiful tapestry that you're trying to weave. And you're thinking words. that either or both of Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart are on your wish lists. Is that it? Yeah, I mean Ingrid Bergman's less attractive than Humphrey, I'd say. Just on the whole no fault of her own just credit to humphrey yeah agreed anyway so i decided that casablanca should be something i should watch and i dragged jason along with me though he was completely unwilling mm -hmm. i have to say he was like casablanca it's in black and white i can't hear i never people speak in black and white i never watch movies in black and white not like last episode or anything where i talked about one of my favorite movies of all time in black and white what? So what do you think of Casablanca? <laughs> uh, going into Casablanca, you and I both had absolutely... It was, it was weird, the uh, information we had on it going in. The only things I really knew were that the cinematography is ahead of its time and uh, that they used light and shadow a lot. And in terms of making the whole area seem like a prison, you know, the plants very casting, in general. casting shadows. There's always, like, prison cell bar shadows slanting across the walls. People are always wearing, like, the uh, horizontally striped black and white uh, shirts and stuff like that. Uh, the Well, the women, I guess, blouses. Blouses. Blouse. Would it, should it be blouses or blouses? Blouse. Blou blouses? blouses i think it'd be a blouse or blouses <laughs> blouse is such a gross word it's, is it not blouse. is it not a blouse the more we <laughs> say this the the less it sounds like the something less it sounds real a blouse it sounds like a type of bird come to think of it i don't know if i've ever seen a blouse Two gr one grouse or a blouse which is a big group of anyway um, so that's all, all I knew. I don't know about you, but that's all I knew yeah. from listening to podcasts and stuff is that it was rich in symbolism and way ahead of its time. 
Aside from that, no knowledge of the character's setting story whatsoever. And I have to say, I was... My expectations for the movie were definitely met. Yeah. Personally. Um, it is a really, really atmospheric... It's amazing to me how... How... Okay, let me let me rephrase this now. Given the chance, would you see this movie in color? I mean, given the chance, yeah. I don't think I think it would be worse. Because that's exactly what what I was thinking. Like, if I was say, if somebody came up to me and said, you know, I could make Casablanca color, like, but it, it would never be in black and white. Oh you know, well, no. Um, I'm just gonna say it's amazing how much can be done with black and white. It's because Oof. the cinematography is all about chromatics and not about like the color wheel. Yeah, but sort e- of thing. even like just in regular scenes, like when they're in Rick's, which is the this is a bar or maybe more of a nightclub. Can I take a second and kind of explain the summary? Yeah, please. So during the World War Two, <laughs> the World War Two. <laughs> oh no! During the World War Two. Okay, during World War Two, so people are fleeing um, Europe, France. Europe, no Europe in general, yeah, Europe um, and parts beyond as well to head for America. And one of the checkpoints, passages kind of. yeah. or doorways to America is Casablanca, which is a small town in Morocco, I believe. So, so people are trying to get from Europe to Lisbon, Portugal, but they have to go through Casablanca to get there, and. I was just delighted. I said this to you when we were watching it. The choice of setting and time is like, oh, I'm so jealous I didn't think of this. Because you've got all these people from different... There are powerful uh, political people. There are nobodies. Um, there are people who have become somebody like, you know, parallels back to the, to the Great Gatsby kind of. Um, and... Uh, and it's just this amazing melting pot. There's an amazing scene. I keep saying amazing. There's a great scene in the beginning where they kind of pan through uh, Rick's and show you these tables containing all these different types of people. And they all have the same thing in common. They all want to get through to, um, you say, uh, Lisbon? Yeah. They all want to get through to Lisbon. The problem is um, the borders are mostly shut and there are only... they you have to be issued papers to get mm-hmm. through to Lisbon. So that's kind of the backdrop of this, the, uh, the story. The characters being Rick, who is played by the one and only Humphrey Bogart, uh, or Hunkry Bogart, as I like to call oh. him. Um, and there are, I can't, I can't remember the names of the others. It's a guy and a girl. <laughs> um, let's not forget Henry. Is that his name? What do you mean? The piano player? No, that's Sam. Sam. Or Sam or Henry. Elsa you know. is the love interest. Sam, also known as Henry. <laughs> uh, Elsa? Is that yeah, her name? That is. Oh. Uh, and then Victor Laszlo. Would you say Henry. Would you say that it's essentially a romance? Yeah, I would say it's a story of jilted love. Because it is... It's... Uh, where does it say... It is absolutely Whatever. a romance. I, I thought would it said the greatest love story ever. Before we get too into it, first parallel, because I like to draw parallels between the things we reviewed. I really sense the book, The Great Gatsby, is really about what you have and what the people have. This movie, Casablanca, is not about what you have, but about who you know. 
I was gonna, I thought you were gonna say what you had, and I was gonna be like, that's deep oh, and true. That's true, that's, also. Yep. But no, it's about who you know because it's difficult to get visas, um, to to get out of Casablanca. Yeah. And it's all about you know like Rick is this guy he runs like the central hangout he knows everybody he's, he's kind like of, he's, he's kind the man of an, yeah he is the man he's kind of like a very powerful figure in Casablanca but not in terms of political stature or anything like that but just in within social the, stature within the community yeah, yeah the social stature and he is Humphrey Bogart's portrayal of him is just like delightful and I say that yeah. in the most manly. It is delightful, but but his portrayal of him, uh, he smiles like twice in the entire movie. He's never really, I guess you could say he's brooding, um, but he also just seems a little withdrawn. But he, I, ah, he just Humphrey Bogart is that character, and th- that character is so well portrayed and so seamless, and you, I feel like one often doesn't associate old movies with good acting. Yeah. Like, I would say, in general, acting and movies have gotten better with time. Fight me. In general. I agree. Um, But acting specifically, because in a lot of the old movies, they had this very theatrical um, air about their performances, and they were very, oh, over the top, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just kind of thespian mm. qualities. And even in how the shots are framed and presented, they're very... Is tableau, would that be the correct? I guess. Like, just... It's a static just, shot. Yeah, static shot. You know, all the characters are there reacting to each other. Um, <laughs> that was... The characters really just react to each other. Characters are just all around it's reacting. So profound. Man. Um, <laughs> that was very evocative. Um, but anyway... This movie definitely feels ahead of its time in terms of the acting and in terms, I would say, of the cinematography. The use of light and shade is completely next level. And I would say, in terms of a black and white film, easily trumps Embrace of the Serpent. It makes more use of being black and white. Yeah. Embrace of the Serpent is a better movie. Embrace of the Serpent leverages the black and white to its advantage wonderfully. And I wouldn't want to see that movie in color either. But Casablanca uses light and shadow in the context of black and white mm-hmm. in a t- completely next level way. And it's really something amazing. Can I read through some notes? I don't know. Can you? Yes. Hi. Um, so I think the frames are incredibly well done. Yep. Um, and oh, I'm going yeah. to retread a little bit over what you said. Um, yep. But what really sticks out in my mind is the framing. And the use of light and shadow, as opposed to using colors for contrast or even like shapes and objects to balance a shot, it's all done with light and shadow, yep. which really adds the visual weight instead of maybe you would have a tall building on one side and an open sky on the other, and that's like your balance. But with this, it's all done with light and shadow. I think of there's a scene when Rick goes to get the money out of the safe, and he actually walks out of the frame, but you can still see his shadow like getting well, all the stuff out of the sh- as he walks out of the frame his shadow starts to walk yeah, onto the wall kind of, as it were uh, yeah. shifts backward that uh-huh. that was an uh, stuff like you that's and I awesome. when we were watching the movie and that scene happened you and I both looked at each other yeah. and were like whoa because think of you know the angle of the wall and then where he was standing which is you know next to the wall face like perpendicular yeah. we'll say to the wall and uh, 
the angle that they must have had to have, because the shadow that gets cast back a couple feet, probably five, six feet, yeah. is very proportionate. Yeah, it's not like it distorted. doesn't look distorted right. or stretched or anything. The angle that they must have had to position that those powerful lights at, yeah. and to make it look natural too, because it looks like a naturally lit environment, yeah. is like... That's what another thing I have written here is obviously they still had to use some lighting, but it looks so much more ambient and natural than most movies. Yeah. If you watch a lot of movies, you'll notice at nighttime, it doesn't really look like nighttime. It looks like dusk. Yeah. But in this movie, like when they're sitting in the cafe and the lights are all turned out, it's like black. Like I you think can that's... barely see anything except just sweeping searchlights like panning yeah. through. I think that that is one of the big uh, triumphs of, or not triumph, a huge benefit of black and white. Dark really yeah. looks dark in yeah. black and white. And my favorite scene in the movie, which was when Sam, his uh, piano playing kind of friend that he met in Paris and then brought with him to Casablanca, him and Sam are sitting uh, in in the cafe or the bar or whatever late at night and Rick's getting a little drunk. He's waiting for this girl to show up, as he's sure she will. And Sam's playing the piano and it's just a gorgeous shot. Uh, with Humphrey sitting at the table with uh, facing the camera with you know a bottle and a glass and then Sam's just behind him softly playing the piano and it is just gorgeous like just the framing like you said the lighting looks totally. so natural you you almost feel like you could reach out and and touch Humphrey's gorgeous face wish i could yeah um i think the shots are still like like a play you notice there's not much yep. camera movement mm -hmm. which i think totally works for them i don't think you could ever get away with it now i think nope. if you did a movie like that now it would be like what are you thinking but i think it works okay for that well i think that it it never really it never really bothered me i think both you and i would agree the one uh cinematography related gripe we have is whenever they show um Ingrid Elsa's, Bergman. Ingrid Bergman's face. Oh uh, they use like a really weird soft focus. And I think it's just to establish her more feminine, glowing kind of I guess. attributes. But it is annoying. It, it looks tacky as heck, yeah. people. It's like really bad. Um, Well, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, it but, is. But it is quite jarring. Literally Especially... every time I saw just her face, I was like, oh. <laughs> It is weird. It looks like they just took Vicks Vapor Rub and like, yeah. smeared it on the lens, and they're like, excellent. Like, it is quite bad, because every time right, I see a shot of her face, I was just like, oh, what are you thinking? And it kind of pulled me out of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it did true. really suck. Mm -hmm. It's like the camera equivalent of smearing loads of makeup on. Uh, another thing that I need to address is the um, the dialogue in the this movie is actually really good. It's, the and rapport is the great. The rapport is... I wrote down here... Um, uh, one one time, uh, one character has a gun pointed at another character's heart, and, and he says, this gun is pointed right at your heart, and the, the guy comes back with, that's my least vulnerable spot. And I was Ooh. like, got him. And there's so many just, like, natural feeling yeah. little moments like that where you're just like, whoo, and there's some <laughs> just some snappy comebacks yeah. that I did not expect because most of the time, again, when you watch an older movie, you expect the dialogue is going to be a little clunky, a little cheesy, a little unnatural. For the most part in this movie, everything seems really natural, especially anything that comes out of Humphrey Bogart's mouth. He is way better than I than I yeah. ever thought that he would but be. But also uh, Sam yep. and Ingrid Bergman, uh, Elsa. Yeah. And even uh, Victor Laszlo and Louis are oh, all Victor like Laszlo, yeah. great, great actors. 
Yeah, that's true. And another th- another thing that was quite nice too is the um, Moroccan characters. Yeah, were never really portrayed in a way to me that f- felt kind of like that weird racist vibe yeah. that like old movies often have to them. Not necessarily yeah. racist, but definitely racial profiling. Yeah. If I can be an SJW about it. Yeah, uh, that's true. The, all the characters are portrayed as nobody was like way smarter than yeah. you know anybody else and everybody's a little conniving and a little twisted in this movie um but it it was such a and this is the great movies for me have such a heady immersive uh quality or tone to them and this is totally i was sucked right in yeah you know and even talking about it now i'm back there oh for sure um also i want to throw out the number of iconic phrases introduced in the movie yeah blows me away um, you know, looking he, at you, kid. He was looking at you, kid. Um, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Like, and well, then uh, the, there are two more. There are four of them. Were there four? I have three written down here. I have those two, and then I have oh, the. You're, you're going to regret it. this. Yeah. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon, soon. and for the rest yeah. of your life. Oh, and I hear that, and I'm like, man, they it put is... all this in one. Like the dialogue <laughs> is crazy. so much better than most movies today or ever. It's you fantastic, often, and you often don't get. Like here's looking at you, kid. It's just a, the it's a got a romantic kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. to this awesome suave debonair. Also, pretty much every single one of those lines, if not every single one of them, Humphrey Bogart, my dude. Yeah. Um, it just this amazing like suave swagger to it that literally, literally, and I'll challenge yeah. you on this. No movies now have. Yeah. None, and especially Hollywood movies. Yeah. And when they first, or when he first says it, they're kind of having like, uh, what would you call it? Like, tube, Sexy times? tube radio and chill is what I was trying to think of. Tube maybe. radio and chill. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. Telegraph and chill. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, here's looking at you, kid. And then when he says it later, it's like a much more like kind of somber. Somber. And it's just like, he just seems kind of tired and over it. Um, and it's a great way to tie those two scenes together and make them seem connected, yet also disparate and contrasted. Uh, I just wish that... Why doesn't Hollywood try and make movies like this anymore? Again, like like we were saying about The Great Gatsby, this movie never overextends. One person... One person, I think, gets shot in it. Yeah. And it's a super... It's not It's no not really a non-event, but it's it's not like a pinnacle there's yeah there's no big chases or anything there are moments of quiet tension mm-hmm. but these ah like and it's why so, can't movies now just be tasteful and it's so much more tense for that because yeah. when you have all these explosive action sequences you're what dumb. you're doing is you're letting out all the tension and aggression and stuff and when this doesn't have that as much then it, it just slowly builds and builds and builds and then just you know there's just kind of a <laughs> gentle release Yeah, that's so. Anyway, and Humphrey Bogart, amazing. And I cannot say that enough. His portrayal of the character Rick was, for me, the part, the the one thing that really drew me into the movie Mm -hmm. was wanting to know more about this guy and having him be such a well rounded character in terms of, um, he's never, his his faults are never garishly on display. His his uh, um, what's the opposite of a fault? His good things i'm just gonna leave you guys i'm a writer strengths i yes thank you his strengths are never 
blown out of proportion. He's a very believable, um, but but at the same time, clearly fictional character. You know, um, they don't try. It's not like now where a movie is either just Jason. Are you serious? Hello. This is not Tech Corner. Can I have the pizza, please? This is the Good Ship Brothership. You're listening to the Good Ship Brothership on no radio stations ever. Um, maybe someday. I would be shocked. Ninety-six point seven. Brothership. <laughs> you think we're gonna be on Chime FM? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five seventy news. Right. Right in there with the top forty. Traffic and weather on the ones, and then it would be <laughs> brothers on the twos. <laughs> <laughs> Two brothers on the two. Anyway. Um, yeah, movies now either lean towards, like, insanely gritty and, like, ugh. And, honestly, the portrayal that Humphrey Bogart whips up here does make, say, and this is, like, not really a suitable comparison, but, say, uh, uh, Batman from the Christopher Nolan trilogies, um, it does make that character seem less grounded and more cartoonish. Yeah, which it is funny you say that, because Batman is a cartoon. Not that one. That's live action. It's still like a cartoon. Though. It's not. It's live action. It's definitively it's not based a, on a cartoon. Yeah, but it's not a cartoon. Anyway, um, it just, it's so nice. Both of these, the book and the movie, are so well-balanced and well-rounded. And the, again, they just stay reserved. They stay within their means, and they are way better for it. If Casablanca had devolved into a massive car chase and a gunfight at the end of it, it would not be half the movie it is now for just sticking, staying true to, to its yeah. character and what it is. I for think, sure. I think that's honestly the number one takeaway I've had from these two things, and it'll definitely impact me in, yeah. my, in my writing of my own book because I did have plans when I was going into it to have a big finish and something weird happen or or violent or something. And then after these two, I think compelling characters in compelling settings will always be more interesting than bland, shallow characters in, in ridiculous, uh, levels are looking a little low there. Levels. Well, let's see. Hello. Hello. I think we're good. Thanks for derailing that though. Well, I think we're coming to It's chugging a lot. Anyways, it's chugging quite a bit. It's making me very nervous. Okay, so let's wrap this up. So let me pose a really unfair, but I mean, whatever. Everything we do is unfair. Comparison. Do you like The Great Gatsby better, or do you like Casablanca better? Um, I feel like I'd honestly go with Casablanca, just because, um, I mean, as a movie, it's way easier, I think, to view in retrospect, because you sit down, you watch it in one sitting, yeah. and then... Um, but I just... Casablanca, for me just really blew me away and part of it's the expectations that were associated with it too i didn't have as much um uh knowledge as i did on the great gatsby um but i just especially for the humphrey bogart performance and stuff like that casablanca for me is just the perfect um encapsulated story that Mm-hmm. that never does anything yeah. that it shouldn't i guess it's like would you rather sit in the cafe for an hour or do you want somebody to tell you about like their crazy adventures back yeah. with all the true the rich yeah. people maybe that's part of it too because it this Casablanca is much more of a bird's eye view great gatsby is much more of a recount let me tell you about this yeah, yeah. you get the impression that it's happened in the past it, you so know, maybe Casablanca yeah. is a little more immersive oh for sure uh, in that sense what about you i think i would like the great gatsby 
All right, everybody. So after this point, we pretty much established that uh, Jason likes The Great Gatsby more than Casablanca, and I like Casablanca more than The Great Gatsby. Unfortunately, we had another one of these weird audio dropouts. I think it must be some problem with my software. We're really sorry. We're going to have it fixed for next episode. Hopefully. Uh, ho- well, it, it, I, it must be some setting with the software I'm using. My bit sampling is too high or something. But anyway... Yeah, so it just cut out there, and we're really, really sad now, but we were really happy before, but we still feel like it's a good episode, right, Jason? Yeah. It was wow, worth I've your time. Never heard, I've never heard less conviction from I somebody. Mean, if you've made it to this point, you probably agree. So, I guess, yeah. but they might not agree that it's the best episode we've done. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope you think it was the best episode we've done. And we're done. sorry. Yeah, we're really depressed right now. If you come to my house the next 10 minutes, you'll get a cookie as a token of my apology. Yeah, we'll we'll be giving out this episode for free as a result of this malfunction. Yeah, and if you're here before 10.30 p.m. on Friday, January the 20th, 2017, you will get a fresh baked cookie. Anybody? No, no takers. Okay, goodbye. No! No! Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>